Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Do you intend to answer all of the questions truthfully? Yes. Your sister was the victim of an assault. Let's just start at the beginning. I was attacked. Did you recognize your attacker? Was it somebody that you knew? No. Were any of the injuries attributed to this assault self-inflicted? What? The results of your toxicology screening had cocaine, MDMA, and methamphetamine in your system in addition to the alcohol. If you lied about the whole thing, I will lie with you. I just need to know. I'm not making this up. The prosecutor is going to imply that these wounds are self-inflicted. No, I was attacked. There's an actual monster after me. DNA evidence from the crime scene came back inconclusive. I'm not crazy. I didn't make this up. Things like this keep happening because we aren't willing to see them. I'm not going to let it win. And last night, I swear to God, I'm driving home from the police station and I hit it with my car. Monsters are real. The monster that did this to me is still out there. All of these women are running or dead. It will be back. I'm just terrified that this is going to happen to someone else. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Pekovic, and this is episode number 413. Releasing March 4th in select theatres across the US and on digital is Take Back the Night, a horror thriller that stars Emma Fitzpatrick as Jane, a troubled young woman who one night in a dark alley is assaulted by a monster. When neither her family nor the authorities believe her, Jane takes it upon herself to track down a monster to win back her freedom and perhaps even her sanity. A frightening creature featured attack was important issues of sexual assault and trauma. Take Back Tonight also marks the feature film debut of Gia Elliott, who I'm glad to say joins me now on the podcast. Gia, I thank you so very much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You know, it's, you know, I talk to independent filmmakers all the time, and I know the longevity that these projects can take in regards to Take Back Tonight. This is a film that's four years in the making. Now that the movie's been released this week, what's that feeling like for you? I know you've, you've done festival screenings, but this is really the first time that like a mainstream audience is going to put yeah. their eyeballs on this, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like candidly, I don't know that I'm, uh, I don't know that I'm okay. Like the, the best I can describe it, you know, my husband last night was like, are you okay? And I was like, you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Song maps. <laughs> They're like, wait, you, they don't love you. Like I love you. Like it's crazy to me that I have spent five years in a film is something that is alive, right? You mm. interact with this thing that is a life force and it's um, like 
it's my child. It sits here on my drives, on my desk. I can like edit it if I want. I can change things. Like we can continue to have this relationship that we've had for the past five years. And now it's like, I'm sending it off to college and it feels very emotional. Because <laughs> once you send it off, it's for other people to kind of look at and frame and everything else, isn't it? It's not in your hands anymore. Yeah. And it's dead a little bit. Like it's creating it's life force on its own, but I can no longer crack open an edit and add a scene. I can no longer, you know, have a see and read a news break and be like, ah, oh, you know what else I should add to reflect the way that, you know, sexual violence law is being prosecuted. Like I have new information, you know, like it's, it's frozen in time and that proposition is scary. Well, let's go back those four or five years and into the beginning, you know, you could easily have made a film in regards to uh, the subject matter that you had and feature, you know, real monsters because there's a lot of them and they have shown themselves in their ugly forms over the years back over in LA here in Australia as well. However, this yeah. film has, it's like a creature feature in, in regards to the, the monster itself. Why go down that road as opposed to going like, you know, the, the, the road where you could use real life examples? Because I find it a really kind of interesting use of allegory and also just that kind of genre horror uh, filmmaking that you placed in there. Was that something that was always there from the beginning or has that kind of just developed over time? That was always there from the beginning. We, Emma and I, had this common interest in um, the horrific ways that sexual violence crimes are tried, um, how the intake questions are worded, how there's very little thought given to trauma and how it impacts your brain. And it seems that psychologists maybe haven't even been consulted in creating intake questions for survivors. And when we were wanting to explore this in film, we knew almost right away that we wanted to get everybody talking about it. Not just people who were interested in the subject matter, not people who would likely see a documentary and not people who would likely watch an art house drama. We wanted anybody anywhere in the world to feel comfortable talking about the subject matter. And it's rough. It's rough subject matter to talk about. It's hard to feel like your voice could contribute anything to the conversation. So we played with the idea of what if we take sexual violence off the table? What if we create a universe that people can talk about the underlying issues without having to worry about stepping on a landmine? So we took sexual violence out of it and we created an allegory instead so that anybody could talk about it because we need everybody to be talking about it for things to happen. In regards to the whole timeline of everything, I'm just trying to, to, to try and remember way back. When the Me Too movement happens, I assume that you guys were already kind of going to think of making this movie. Yeah. When that happens and you're making this movie, does the level of importance, even though it's already sky high considering the subject matter and how you are approaching it, et cetera, does the level of importance even escalate beyond that now? where you kind of think to yourself, this is something that people are talking about. And right now, this is something where people are ready to watch content in regards to these themes. I was so excited and relieved when Me Too started circulating. I don't have an inflated sense of self 
as an artist or what this film can accomplish. I know that I've made a cool artsy horror film. Mm. I don't think I've made something that will change U.S. policy necessarily. I think I've created something that can get people talking and exploring these concepts. So Me Too felt really awesome to see people in the real world taking their own stories into their own hands. And I remember where I was in December when the story broke, um, or when Ronan's story broke. I was sitting in the edit bay and I looked at Emma and the editor and I was like, don't be mad, (laughs) but I'm going to go, we need to shoot some more stuff Mm. because Jane was already an influencer. Social media was already teased at in the story, but I was like, we need to add a significant amount of social media because that's where the change is coming from. Mm -hmm. And so if Jane doesn't tap into that existing community, it will feel very disconnected from reality. Um, And so since that was what was actually happening in the world, that's what, you know, we went back and added our applause. It's really interesting, isn't it? The internet is such a fascinating and frustrating place at the same time. I love it. Here we are. We're on Zoom. We're talking from across the across you know the globe and talking about this movie. And people are going to put the eyeballs on it on digital as well. It's got advantages. And throughout the film, you know what, what the character Jane goes through does show there are advantages to being on the online. Uh, online, there are communities on there where people can talk about this stuff and and you can go and, and express yourself. There's also that just that really insidious kind of negativity that's on there as well. It's interesting how you tackle both of those things in the movie, especially in regards to when, even when Jane is in the midst of, not to give away too many spoilers, but amidst of an assault and she's live streaming it, people question it even then. It's just, I imagine, did you kind of, I know that yourself and Emma have backgrounds in regards to the psychology of trauma, trauma in regards to the assault itself. But what about trauma in regards to internet reactions and internet comments and internet um, uh, uh, feedback. Yeah. I mean, that's going to like just another level of stuff above everything else, isn't it? It's, it's huge. And I have a couple of close friends that have followings of a million plus who have, you know, they'll post something and get 40,000 people saying nice things. And then 10,000 people saying the most awful things you can imagine for mm. no reason, no reason at all. Just like tearing down other people. So to me, um, you know, it's not, it's not the film that internet bullying deserves. And I hope that somebody is making that film um, about that horror, but showing internet without showing trolls would, I think, be a disservice or it would be a blatant omission. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, 
produce interactive experiences in digital content and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is also brought to you by Voodoo. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. Enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra high definition at home and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show. Speaking of monsters of a different kind, the creature itself in your movie is really interesting. You know, I get lots of horror movies sent my way, lots of like monster movies as well. I can't quite remember or don't remember at all. A creature I quite like what I've seen in your film. I guess you can call it a shadow monster, but there's other elements to it as well. Kind of like a, I don't know, it's kind of like a real kind of vibrancy to it, but like that combined with the darkness. I imagine there's scent connected to it, considering the flies that are hopping around it as well. Um, where did you kind of come up with the concept of this? Is there any type of basis to any type of mythologies? Because there is a scene in the movie where the character Jane goes to the library, she's just plowing through all these kind of books. Are the books that we've seen on screen kind of like real books that you guys actually gone through in regards to trying to find this uh, creature and how you're going to frame it on screen? They are real books. They weren't necessarily the books that we used. Emma's a real mythology nerd. She was pulling, you know, from loads of her own sort of mythology research And then we were also just playing into the point of the monster and the allegory of the monster. You know, it was created by another team of women. The puppet maker, Chelsea Pickens, created the costume. Karina Kinnear, the dancer choreographer, brought it to life. Shanalise Barnett was our VFX artist, and she created all the VFX around it. And the conversations that we were having around the monster were like, this is the dark spot in your narrative, right? Like this is the void coming to suck you in. This is darkness. Vanta Black had not been created by at the time that we were creating the movie. If it was, it would have been my touchstone. It would have been like Vanta, it's a hole in the, it's a burnt hole in the, um, you know, in the film. Like it's just darkness coming for you. And then we wanted it to be like, it's coming for you. So it had these hands that were like decaying hands. They were death itself going to suck you into this dark madness and then Shanalise Barnett something that she was doing in the effects that I think um the way that you described the monster uh validates her intent here which was she was trying to create something that escaped the describable mm-hmm. by changing the dimensions of its torso in relation to its legs and just turning it you know slightly on its ear enough times that you're like, I don't even know that I know what it looks like, even though you've seen it quite a bit. And then the flies add this sort of grounded real world element to it so that you're not relying on a repetitive score. You're not in a movie, you're in the world, you hear flies, this thing's coming for you. And it's also, you know, with the flies swarming around it sort of mirrors the allegory as well. Like, this is a tragedy that's happened to Jane, but it's uh, an alive organism that lots of people are feeding off of or swarming around. And so that is also reflected in the monster. 
the other monster in the movie is that of trauma. Um, and I think that's really personified in the police interviews that Jane has to go through. You mentioned before the questioning of assault victims. You know, I, I, I cannot put myself in that position whatsoever. I've never experienced anything like that. So I can only go by what's in your movie. The questioning that's asked in that movie, is that kind of like what is, is actually happening in police um, pulled, headquarters? We pulled some transcripts of the training that police get and incorporated as many of those questions as we could into um, the dialogue, you know, sort of brilliantly brought to life by Jennifer LaFleur and incorporated that into the script. And the main issue that I have with the intake questions is it seems like the easiest spot to prevent a lot of heartache in the way that these sexual violence cases are handled. Mm. A survivor has just undergone, if they've reported immediately after the event, they've just undergone a PACE exam, which is six to eight hours of a very intrusive exam where you're naked, they take a tongue depressor, they scrape every square centimeter of your skin to see what DNA will fall out. They scrape underneath your fingernails. They comb through your hair with a lice comb to see like what will fall out of it. They swab like every crevice of your body. It's really brutal. It's a trauma all over again. And then a cop shows up and asks you loads of questions. And in this moment, I think you're quite aware of what it looks like to be a good victim and what it looks like to be someone who's worthy of not being harmed. And it's easy to have that consciousness weighing on you. Meanwhile, you know, your right brain and your left brain have stopped talking. They've stopped coding memories in a normal way. They are trying to, your brain is building a survivor in, in those moments. Your brain is not building a case. And the way that they ask those questions doesn't really account for the brain science that's happening to those people in that moment. It's treating them like they're just a normal person experiencing a normal day. And because of that, you get a lot of lies in the intake questions and inadvertent lies. But when you say them on the stand, they sound like a lie, you know, Oh, I wasn't really drinking. Okay. Then that gets in the cop's note as I wasn't drinking. Mm -hmm. Then when you go to investigate, Oh, well, they actually had three martinis, you know, and then the person's like, well, I didn't really think that was relevant because like the martinis had nothing to do with the event, you know? And so you get a lot of people that suddenly seem like they're not trustworthy narrators of the story. And it's really interesting because it works in a certain psychological context in the viewer as well. Because even though we are witness to what's happened to Jane in the movie, we've seen the monster ourselves. The fact that you laid down the groundwork about her who she is, how she kind of conducts her life, et cetera. We already, we all, for some reason, there's seeds of doubt, even though we're, we're watching what's happening. Are we watching her madness? Is she imagining it all? We're questioning it because of the context of, you know, her drug intake, her alcohol intake, her, her, her character, yeah. whatever. And it's just such a really interesting juxtaposition because we've witnessed what she went through, but we're still questioning ourselves. And I think it's a really kind of interesting way that yourself and Emma kind of put it together you could have made a movie where you know it's just you know 
Sunday school teacher walking down the road, kind of innocent, kind of like very much like the trashy 80s stuff you should do. Yeah. You didn't. It's not that's not, but that's not the point. The point is that victims, a victim isn't a victim because of character. A victim is a victim because of circumstance. And I think that's a really kind of interesting thing that you put out there. Yeah. Part of that is also why we wanted to do use the monster movie as the vehicle to tell the story as well. Because if you saw an assault, you would know the whole time that you're watching the fallout of an assault and everyone else is mean, right? They should just believe chain. But it's set here in this universe. It's not a DC movie. It's not a Marvel movie. Monsters aren't commonplace in this world. If someone tells you, I was attacked by a monster, your follow-up questions are like, oh, wow, okay, um, what else are you seeing? You know, mm. you're worried about their, their mental health. So part of using a monster allows us to truly go on that journey of disbelief that survivors experience regularly. What type of feedback have you gotten during your festival runs? Have people come up to you um, that maybe experience things similar to what Jane uh, experienced? Not so much, of course, in the, the monster context, but in regards to the themes itself, do you have people actually coming up to you and saying the are uh, talking about the importance of the film? Um, and even though you have made a creature feature, you are tapping into subjects that can be very primal and raw for some people, and I'm sure that there's been some feedback in regards to that. Yeah, I I made the movie. I have the capacity to hold space with people, and I have shared a lot of you know tearful hugs after after the film, and I hope that anybody who is impacted by the film feels comfortable, you know, if they, if they want to talk to me, they can, you know, slide into my Instagram DMs of the films of Instagram, or they can email me. I, they will respond to every person that reaches out to me. Well, for everyone out there listening, March 4th across select theaters across the U S and also on digital take back the night. It's a gripping movie. It's a really well done independent creature feature. I've got to say, I know that, you know, working with independent resources, it can be hard to put this stuff together, but you did really good work, both yourself and Emma. And for everyone out there listening, I encourage you to check it out. If you're in LA, if you're in the States and you can watch it in cinemas, please do. Let's get back to cinemas and get that rolling. If you can't watch it on digital, you have a great, a great time and it's an important movie too. And Giga Elliot, I thank you so very much. Congrats on your feature film debut and thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you for having me.